Hey, what's up? We're Brave Youth, a youth movement happening all across Miami, starting at our home, Brave Church. Thanks for checking out our podcast. We can't wait to see how God's going to use it to change your life. Enjoy the message. I need you to turn to your friend right now, and I need you to tell them to wake up. Okay. All right. Turn to your other friend. Turn to your other friend and say, God wants to speak to you. All right. Guys, it's going to be a good night. How many of you guys enjoyed the s'mores at the bonfire? Okay. How many of you guys have never made a s'more before tonight? Wow. I am so sorry. Okay. All right. Make some more s'mores. They're so good. Next time, though, try them with Reese's. Okay. Anybody ever had a s'more with Reese's? Devin, he knows what I'm talking about, okay? You got that peanut butter, that chocolate, that marshmallow, mm, good, okay? Um, but tonight, we are continuing on with our series of the goats, and tonight I want to talk to you guys about a man who became one of the greatest of all time in the Bible because he learned what it meant to wait. Turn to your neighbor and say, wait. What it meant to wait. He was not focused on fast forwarding his life. He didn't spend his life just being lazy, waiting for God just to give something to him. He didn't give up when the going got tough, right? Okay. He learned that if I want to be somebody that is known by God, somebody that leaves a difference in this world, then I have to be a person that knows how to wait. And not only who knows how to wait, but who knows what to do when I'm waiting, how many of you guys ever been in like a waiting room before? Okay, waiting for like a doctor's appointment. I hate going to the doctor in Miami. Okay, it feels like it takes hours just to get in the door. Okay, and I'll be sitting there and my Wi-Fi won't be working on my phone. I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I supposed to do without Instagram? Okay, and then I just sit there and I'm like, what am I supposed to do while I wait? Right? There was an appointment set up for me. Okay, this is good. There was an appointment set up for me at a certain time, but when it didn't come at the time that I thought it was going to come, I ended up sitting there with nothing in my hands to do, thinking about absolutely nothing, doing absolutely nothing with my life. But here's the deal if you can get this, God has an appointment for you tonight. Okay, He doesn't want you to be waiting anymore. He wants to do something in you, He wants to speak something to you, and He wants to show you that if you learn to turn your waiting into something, He will do something great through you, okay? So the title of my message tonight is Patience Develops Goats, okay? Patience Develops Goats. When I was in high school, um, I spent my junior and my senior year sitting on the bench, okay, playing volleyball, okay? I was not somebody that touched the court ever. I sat on the bench for two full years. You know what? Before we get started, I'm going to pray. We're going to send Daniel off. Let's pray real quick. Dear God, we just thank you for today, Lord. We pray that you would just speak something to us. You would do something new in us, Lord Jesus, that we would hear your voice clear and concise tonight. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, Daniel. Thank you. So I was playing volleyball, and I was just sitting on the bench. Anybody ever sat at the bench? Okay. Anybody ever play a sport and sit the bench? Guys, it is the most brutal, humiliating time of your life. Can I get an amen for all the bench sitters? Okay. It is brutal. And I remember I would sit there and I would be like, get all ready for the game, okay? Put my shorts, put my jersey on, do my hair so cute. And I would be like, today's the day. Okay, I'm going to touch the court. Even if she just subs me in and subs me out, I'm going in the game, okay? And I would give myself this pep talk. And uh, then the game would come. 
you know, we'd be reaching the end of the, the third match, and I'd still be sitting there, and I'm like, okay, it's point .23, and we're up by 20, okay? This is like the time that you put the people that don't, aren't good in, right? Okay, that's me. Put me in, right? And I remember sitting there and just feeling like a complete failure, okay? Has anybody ever been there? You just feel like a loser sometimes, right? Okay? And I would sit there, and I would go home, and I would cry to my mom. I'd be like, Mama, I'm so terrible, okay? My coach hates me. Why am I even doing this? I go to practice every single day for two hours. It's like the worst thing ever, and I get no return from it. And um, my mom would just say, just have patience, baby girl, okay? You're good. You're so good at volleyball. She talked me up. How many of you guys got a good mom that will lie to your face, okay? Because they want you to feel good about yourself, all right? My mom would do that to me. And I would remember um, every single time people would try to get me to talk bad about my coach, okay, because they'd be like, oh, she's so mean. She doesn't see the good, like how good you are. She tried to, people would try to get me to put her down. People would try to say like, hey, maybe if you like step on a girl's foot, like she'll like sprain her ankle or something and then you'll get to play. Like they would like come up with these crazy plans to get me in the game and I'm like, all right, you guys are psychos, okay? <laughs> Remind me to never be on a team with you. But um, I remember being in that time and just realizing, you know what? There's two ways that I can approach this. I can either be someone that sits on the bench and has a bad attitude about it, or I can be somebody that sits on the bench that lives for the Monday through Friday practices where I just say, you know what? I'm going to get better. I'm going to improve my skills. I'm going to be somebody that learns how to shut my mouth even when I don't agree. I'm going to be somebody that can just continue to press on even when I feel like it's not worth it, okay? And so I did that. Never expect. I changed my expectations. How many know if you got low expectations, they can't be broken, right? Okay. So I changed my expectations and I said, you know what? I'm going to get better and better every single day that I go to practice. And that's what I'm going to live for. Because you know what? As I get better, I make my team better, right? And so fast forward to college, all right? I sat the bench for my whole junior, senior year, okay? And then I go to college and I'm a month out before I'm supposed to go to college. And I get a call from a volleyball coach, okay, at the school that I was going to. And she said, hey, is there any way that you can get here by Monday? I want you to join our team. And I was like, say what? Because, <laughs> like, I sat the bench my junior and senior year. I haven't even played. But, like, you don't even know. I'm not good, okay? And she was just like, no, I want you out here. And I remember going, and I remember getting in there. And when I got into the gym, it was like God spoke something so clearly to me. And I got in there and he said, Whitney, you're here because your heart and your attitude was right in the waiting, even when it didn't make sense, even when it sucked, even when practices were long, even when you just sat there and got nothing out of it. You're here because your heart was right and your attitude was right. Guys, I want to speak that to you because I believe that if some of you guys would cling on to the fact that if you get your heart right with God and you get your attitude right with this world, if you don't live in this mindset that everything sucks, okay, God can do something big through you if you live with an optimistic mindset saying, God, I know that every day is filled with opportunity. I know that I don't have to just sit here and be content with my life, but I can be joyful in everything that I do. And so the coolest part was I was the only person from my high school. I went to a high school of like 400 people, okay? It wasn't even on the map. You can't even find my city on the map, okay? And I was the only person to go on from there, but I believe it's because God was looking at me even in the time where I didn't see him doing something good, and he was saying, keep pushing through, keep pushing through, keep working on you. As you work on you, I'll work on your future. And that's something that God wants to do in you. You guys are in this place right now because you're saying, God, do something new in me. How many of you guys want God to do something in you? right? You don't want to just live your life without purpose, right? He wants to do something big in you. 
And some of you guys might feel like you're in a waiting season. Have you ever felt like you're just waiting, waiting on something, not necessarily knowing what it's for, but here's what I want to tell you is the lessons that you learn in the waiting will be the things that carry you through to the dream that you could never imagine for yourself, but the dream that God has for you, okay? So cling on to those. There was a man named Elijah. Everybody say Elijah. Elijah, he was known as a man that had God's anointing on his life. What that means is he was a man that had God's favor. He had God's hand. It was like so clear that everywhere he went, it was like a rushing wind came with him. It was like Elijah walked in the door and it was like... God is here, okay? Like, it was, like, super cool. Everywhere he went, people knew that he was somebody that God used greatly to bring hope to people. In 1 Kings 18, let me tell you just something that he did, okay? Elijah was so cool that he, one day, he saw all these people, and they were bowing down, and they were worshiping this statue, okay? It was literally just a statue, and they were, like, praying to him, and they're like, oh, like, you're so holy, like, all these things. It's a statue, people, okay? And he saw them doing that, and he walked up to him, and he just said, hey, I want to challenge you to a God off, okay, a God battle, okay? He, like, walked up to him, and he's like, I'm going to prove to you that your God is not real, but my God is real. So what we're going to do is you're going to go find an ox. You're going to put it on this altar, and I want you to cry out to your God, and whatever God sends fire down from heaven and starts this thing on fire is the true God, because only God can make something from nothing, right? And so he challenges them to this, and for hours on hours, he's like, you go first, okay? We're going to end with the finale, because my God's the real God, right? And he challenges them with this, and they pray for hours and hours and hours, and they're like, Baal, oh God, okay, like send down your fire from heaven, start this thing on fire, and little by little, you could start to see worry in their face. They're doing all these crazy things. They're dancing around. They're trying to make this fire happen, and it's not happening because God's not real. Their God's not real and not answering them, right? And so then finally, Elijah takes the plate, and he's like a straight-up G. He just is like, hey, all right, here's the deal. I'm not just going to pray to my God, but you know what I want you to do? I want you to go get a bucket of water, okay? Throw some water on my ox, okay? Because how many guys know wet things won't burn? right, okay, so he goes, and he throws water on it, they throw like 12 buckets of water on it, so it's completely saturated, basically, this ox is like swimming, okay, at this time, and he ends up calling, he said, hey, God, and God of heaven, make it known that you are here, and make it known that you are God, and instantly fire came from heaven and set that thing on fire, okay, Elijah was a man that knew that when God spoke something, he could listen to it, and he could act on it, and he didn't have to be fearful of what was coming next, but he could be confident, because God is who he says he is, he is alive, and he is doing something great, it's so crazy, because oftentimes, God would speak something to Elijah, and he would just give him one word, one word, okay? It could literally be like, go. And he'd be like, okay, wait, where am I going? Okay, and then he'd be like, go where? He'd be like, okay, go to Jerusalem. Go to Jerusalem, right, okay? He'd just say one thing. All he had to do is hear God's voice. One word, and it was like in an instant he would move. There was no second guessing. There was no like, okay, what's the backup plan if this doesn't work, okay? How many of you guys are planners, right? Anybody? Wow, none of you guys are, okay, wake up, here we go, okay, how many planners, right? I love to plan my life, I love to plan my future, okay, we're about getting ready to move into a new apartment, and I already have like 10, 10 potential like apartments lined up, and I'm like, okay, if this doesn't work out, we're gonna go to this one, and this one, this one, okay, I just love to plan my life, okay, so sometimes when God speaks, how many know it can be difficult to actually do something if you don't see the whole plan in mind, right? The cool thing about Elijah is a lot of times he just had a glimpse of what God wanted to do, but he never really ever had the full plan. He just had one word, and that was the thing that he had to have confidence in. Now, here's the deal. 
Elijah, okay, it's going to get confusing right here, okay. Elijah heard from God, and God said to him, he said in 1 Kings 19, he said, hey, Elijah, I want you to go to a field. There's going to be a man named Elisha there, okay? Elijah, Elisha, okay? Stick with me, okay? He said, there's going to be a man named Elisha there, and I want you to go to that field, and I want you to tell him to leave everything that he knows and to come with you, okay? Complete stranger, right? That sounds insane. If a stranger walked up to me and said, hey, I want you to leave your husband. I want you to leave your family, okay? I want you to just come with me because, you know what? God's telling me to come with you, like, for you to go with me. I'd be like, whatever, like, I'm not going with you. You're like some random dude, right? And he ended up saying that to Elisha, and little do you know, because God spoke it, it happened, and he came to Elisha, and he said, hey, man, this might be weird, but God told me to tell you that you're supposed to come with me. I don't know where we're going. I don't know how long we're going for, but you're supposed to come with me. So Elisha said, okay, let me go kiss my mom bye and uh, I'll head out with you. And they ended up leaving. And Elisha didn't even know what was going to happen next, but he knew that if God spoke it, then it needed to happen, and I needed to follow through. Guys, our faith can only be as good as our confidence in God and in his word and in the things that he speaks to us. If we don't have confidence in that, if we don't have faith in that, if this word of God is just a book, okay, then we have nothing to live for. But here's the truth of the matter, that the miracles that are happening in this Bible, okay, are miracles that can still happen today. And God wants to do something in you. He just needs some people to say, yes, I'll go at the mention of your name. And so he goes, and here's the thing. The Bible talks about Elijah and Elisha, and this relationship was formed. It was kind of like, could be like brothers, could be like father, son, whatever. They were tight, okay? Everywhere, he literally, Elisha turned to Elijah, and he said, Elisha, wherever you go, I will go too. I'm going to be with you. If you have to go to battle, I will go to battle with you. If you have to walk across the desert for 40 days, I will go with you. He said, wherever you go, I am with you. I'm not leaving your side because God instructed that to be. And the Bible says that Elijah and Elisha were together for seven years. Okay? This part that's so cool. How many of you guys are in sixth grade? Any sixth graders in here? Okay? Any seniors? Seniors, where you at? Okay, okay. All the in-betweeners, where you at, okay? Like, hey, okay, cool, cool, right? I love this part because it says in the Bible that Elijah and Elisha were together for seven years. I don't think it's by chance that in this room, you guys are in this place for seven years getting prepared for what God wants to do in and through your life. Sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, ninth grade, tenth grade, eleventh grade, twelfth grade, okay? Seven years. God wants to do something that's going to shape you and develop you, but here's the thing. You got to go through seven years of waiting, seven years of patience, seven years that just might seem long, like I just want to get to what you have for me. I just want to be this person that you made me to be. But here's the deal. In those seven years, you can see transformation happen in Elisha, that he was not able to do things before, but because he followed, because he waited on God, because in the waiting he got closer to God, he was able to do things that he never even imagined for himself, a future he couldn't see. But God always had planned. And it keeps going, and it says that Elijah's only job was to follow Elijah and to serve him in whatever way he wanted. Basically, if Elijah wanted water, Elijah ran and got some water, okay? He was somebody that stood by his side. And it's a long time, okay? Seven years is a long time. Like most of us, like for me personally, I love Chick-fil-A. 
But if it is lunch or dinner time, you better believe I am going nowhere near Chick-fil-A, okay? Because here's the deal. How many of you guys know that the line for Chick-fil-A is just way too long, okay? The reward of waiting for that Chick-fil-A is not worth it, okay? It might seem like in your life right now that the impatience that you have is greater than the reward that's to come. But here's what I want to tell you when you get that chicken sandwich, okay? That spicy chicken sandwich. Any spicy chicken sandwich people in the place? Okay. When you get that spicy chicken sandwich and you take a bite, you know that it was worth every minute of waiting. It was worth every minute of waiting. And I want to speak that to you guys because here's the deal. Every minute that you're spending here getting closer to God, learning about what he has for you, it's only going to make you a great doctor one day, a great teacher one day, a great pastor one day, a great psychologist one day, a great scientist, I don't know, what else, whatever else you want to be, it's going to make you great because this is the season that is developing you into something greater. Throughout that time, I believe that Elisha's calling, that his affirmation, that his purpose was confirmed over and over and over again because he had to learn that in order to be used by God, I have to be close to him. In order to be used by God, I have to know who he is. I have to know his voice. That I can't just depend on Elijah's voice. I can't depend on his faith. And here's the deal is a lot of us in this place, we have people that have gone before us that have told us, you need to come to youth, okay? And maybe you're in this place and this is your first time here. Or maybe you're in this place and you've You've been coming for a while, but you haven't necessarily developed this, like, faith for yourself, okay? I'm here to tell you that the person next to you does not have the same purpose as you do, okay? And the only way you're going to find your unique design, divine purpose that you were put on the face of the planet for is if you say, God, my faith in you is my own. I need to know you. I have to spend time with you. I have to figure out what this whole faith thing means. I can't rely on somebody else just to tell me. I need to hear from you. That's why I love fam groups so much. Because when you're in fam groups, you get an opportunity to hear each other out, right? And you get to develop things in your mind that are shaping your faith, okay? When you hear other people speak about the way that God came through for them, it sparks something in you. And you're like, okay, God, how are you going to come through for me? And that's the great thing about community. That's why we come here, because we're building each other. Aren't you grateful for friends in this place, okay? Grateful for people that are by your side, right? And so he keeps going, and he says that a lot of times, a lot of times the things that God has spoken to us, I believe that God speaks things to us sometimes, right? And it might feel like God spoke something to me here. But as I keep going through my life, I get further and further away from the thing that God spoke to me, okay? Let's say you're like 10 years old. God spoke something to you great over here, right? But as your life goes on, it might feel like you get a little more distant from that thing. And then little by little, you start to see, I'm like standing on the whole other side of the world compared to what God spoke to me. It seems impossible to get back to that place, to get back to that dream, to get back to that thing that God laid out for me. But here's the deal, is that if you keep taking a step towards him and you say, you know what? Even though it seems like that dream is impossible to attain, I'm going to read my Bible today. And I'm going to expect that even though I don't feel something or see something, God's working in the midst of that. You know what? I'm going to take a step closer, and I'm going to put worship music on today. Instead of playing the radio, I'm going to pull up Spotify and my phone, and I'm going to find something that fuels me, that revives me, not something that makes me think about relationships and drugs and different things that are going to pull me down. But I'm going to find something that uplifts me and fills me with the goodness of God. And I'm going to take a step closer today. And I'm 
I'm going to pray longer than I ever have before. I might not know what to pray for, but I'm going to Google things. I'm going to say, God, what do I pray for? And I'm going to find a list of things. I'm going to start praying. You know what? I'm going to take a step closer. I'm going to find a verse for my life that's going to fuel me. And when I feel like giving up on God, I'm going to find a verse that says, you know what, God, you have great plans for me, plans to prosper me, plans to take me further than I ever imagined. I'm going to hold tight to that. You know what? I'm going to take a step further. I'm going to get away from every single person that's ever said I can't make it, somebody that's put me down. I'm going to find great friends from this youth group, people that are going to say, you know what? You can make it when you feel like you can't. You can keep going closer and closer to God. And then what you find is that what God spoke to you doesn't seem like a distant dream, but it seems like something, you know what? As I take a step closer to God, the thing that he spoke to me becomes reality in my life. But you got to go closer. You got to go deeper. And I love it because in seven years of waiting, of just following Elisha and just praying for him and lifting him up and getting water for him and all these different things, I love it because he ends up getting to this place where Elijah is about to go up into heaven to disappear. And Elijah says to Elisha, he says, hey, is there anything else that you want from me? What else can I do for you before I leave this earth? He put on his Instagram, like, ask me anything, you know, those little boxes. Okay. He put it up there for him. And he said, what is it that I can do for you before I leave? And he said, you know what? I want to do double the great things that you did. I don't want to just do what you did. I want to be used by God so greatly because I want to see lives changed. I want to see a world living for you. I want to see somebody that knows everywhere that they go that God's glory is with them, that God's glory is going to fall out. And when it came for the time of opportunity, when it came for Elijah to take that spot, to move forward with God, it wasn't that he had to be fearful for anything. He was ready He was ready because he knew that as he waited on God in that season, as he did everything that God asked of him, that when the opportunity came, it was his time. I'm stepping into it, right? It was something that I didn't have to wait on. And Elijah was one of the greatest of all times because he learned to serve in the waiting without questioning what God was doing. He learned just to be somebody that just moved when God said one word. That just move when God said one word. And he learned to make his waiting season his closest season with God. Guys, some of us are in a waiting season and we just need to say, God, I feel lonely right now. But God, maybe that's just your cry for my attention. Maybe that's just your cry that you're saying, you don't need people around you right now. You just need me. You just need a touch from me. You need a word from me. Daniel, you can come on up real quick too. Um, Everybody can stand, yeah. When I was 14 years old, God revealed to me that I was going to be in youth ministry for the rest of my life, okay? I was 14 years old. It was kind of a weird thing, but I was like, hey, if I'm going to be a youth pastor and I get paid to eat pizza and hang out with teenagers, like, I'm all about it, okay? And he spoke that over me, and for the next three years of my life, I felt like God was challenging me because when I hear something from God or when I hear something that cool that, like, that's what I get to do, I wanted to do it, like, right then and there, right? And so over the next three years of my life, I said, God, whatever it takes, I don't want to sacrifice that for anything. I was, like, in a relationship at that time, and I just felt like God said, end it. Okay, your calling is more important than that. I had friends around me that I thought were, like, going to be my best friends and be in my wedding, okay? And I felt like God said, just end those relationships. You don't need it for a season. You need to lead everything that you know, and you just need to get with me. And so I ended up going, and I would go to show up to youth group. I would set up chairs, like, every single week, tear those chairs down, okay? I would clean toilets. I would greet people at the door. I would do everything that I possibly could just to get ready because I felt like God said, you know what? 
If you learn how to serve me when nobody knows your name, I'll elevate you to serve me when everybody does because they'll see the glory of you, the glory of me in you, and you'll be able to be used greatly. And so I ended up doing those things. I went to college, and I was so excited. I was going to be a youth pastor, and I felt like, you know what? If I just get underneath a super awesome youth pastor, then I'll be able to do, like, all these great things. I'll be able to learn from him. And so I got under this youth pastor, and shortly after I got there, the youth pastor announced that he was, like, leaving the youth group. And I was like, wait, what? Like, you were supposed to teach me everything that I need to know for my future. Where are you going? And I remember the pastor setting me down and the youth pastor setting me down. And they said to me, hey, Whitney, we feel like God's brought you here to be the next youth pastor of this church. And I was 18 years old, okay? And I'm sharing this personal testimony because I believe that God really prepared me in high school. That I said, God, I'm going to surrender everything that I have to you in high school. Not that you can't use me right now, but I believe that when I go off and I go to college and do greater things, that you have something more for me, and I just want to be ready. I just want to be ready. And so I ended up going there, and I ran back to my dorm room in college, and I put some worship music on, and I remember just sitting on my knees, praying and thanking God. Thank you, God, for protecting me when the temptations felt greater than my tolling. Thank you, God, for protecting me when I thought that I couldn't make it past a stage of loneliness, a stage of, of emptiness. I just remember sitting there and saying, God, you've confirmed everything in my life. I have nothing left but just to thank you. And just to be here and just be able to say, like, God, you had this dream for me. And here's what I want to tell you is if you have a God dream, if you have something that God has spoken to you, then you better learn now to say, God, I'm going to sit in the shadows with you. I'm going to sit in the quiet place with you. Because here's the deal. Where you make it in your future will be dependent on how great your prayer life is with him. Because your prayers will unleash the destiny that God has for you. Your prayers and your intimacy and the way that you chase after and push in will be the thing that will unlock doors that you couldn't imagine. And here's the deal. It's rare to see a woman be a youth pastor, okay? That's a rare thing. What's even more scary is to have an 18-year-old woman be a youth pastor, okay? But here's what I'm saying is things that you couldn't imagine for yourself, God wants to do. And when Elijah was taken up, when Elijah was taken up into the heavens, he sat there and he said, you know what? If you see me be taken up into the clouds, Elisha, then God's going to do it. He's going to do double as great things in you as he did in me. And Elijah and him were walking. And all of a sudden it says the Bible, in the, the Bible says there was a whirlwind that came and took Elijah into the sky. And Elijah was standing there and he knew this is my time. <laughs> I've been prepared. I've been developed. I have the patience. I'm going to go the distance because God this is my time. You knew this moment was coming. And I believe that there are some moments in your life that God has already marked you for that you can't reach until you say, God, I'm going to keep taking steps towards you. I'm going to keep praying for you. I'm going to keep going and saying, God, show up in my life. Show up in my life and do something great. God's going to elevate you if you learn how to elevate other people in this season of your life. He's going to elevate you if you learn how to say, you know what? 
I'm going to come to this place on Wednesday nights, and I'm going to say, you know what, how can I make this place a place where people don't miss an encounter with God? Because here's the deal. You don't have to be a youth pastor or a youth leader to be someone that changes the world, okay? Part of being developed and part of patience and part of getting to where God wants you to be is saying, God, I'm not going to wait another day. I'm going to sit here. I'm going to do something now. I'm going to do whatever I can, whether it's cleaning a toilet, taking trash to the dumpster, setting up chairs, okay? People don't need to know my name. I don't need a thank you. I don't need a pat on the back. All I need is one day to know, God, you're going to elevate me for your glory. You're going to elevate me for your glory. And so you guys can bow your heads. Some of you guys are in this place and you've been waiting for God just to show up in your life. Week after week, you've been coming in here and you've been saying, God, I want a faith that is real. But I feel like you're not doing anything anymore. I'm here to remind you, just press a little further. And maybe you're here and it feels like the thing that God spoke to you just seems impossible to reach. Like you can never, ever get there. And you're thinking, God, how can you use me? I'm here to remind you, keep going. The patience is worth it. The reward is greater. And maybe you're here and you've got a heart issue. And your spiritual life has been feeling dry. You've been feeling stale. Because you're just so focused on the end goal of what God wants to do. And you can't focus on the moment of where he has you. But today I want to remind you, God wants to meet with you every second of every day. And when you meet with him, you get to the goal that he has for you. And so if you're in this place and you're just saying, you know what, God, I'm impatient. But I want to be patiently waiting for you. I want you just to repeat after me in this prayer. Dear God, thank you for being someone that hasn't given up on me. God, I pray you would strengthen me to seek you out when I don't feel you, when I don't see you, when I don't have a goal for myself. Help me to chase after you. God, I pray that you would give me patience in the waiting because I want to be someone that's greatly used by you and for you. We love you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, amen. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you like this message, hit subscribe and stay connected by visiting us at brave.guide. We'll see you next time. And remember, no turning back. The best is yet to come.